What's up, everybody? Welcome to my podcast, episode two of Malta and its Mysteries. Today, I believe, is going to be a very interesting podcast today to listen to. Today, it's going to be a part two of the episode where we talk about Maltese legends. And to bring everything together, we will be talking about the legends plus the traditions as everyone that's listened to my podcast can tell, Malta is a rich place with diverse tr- history that leads to many traditions you can learn about. One of the most important craft in Malta is a traditional Maltese lace, which is a bobbin lace of a flake appearing variety. It is created on a pillow stuffed with straw with traditional designs featuring Genoese-style leafwork and is often the Maltese cross, but not necessarily. Historically, Maltese lace was worked on black or white silk, although nowadays it is more common on ivory linen. You can find Maltese lace in tablecloths, placemats, servettes, couture, and other decorative items you can find around the house. And I just think it's pretty interesting what they do. If you want to read up more about the information I'm getting, by the way, you can just go to the website malta.com. That's the website I'm using to get this info to you. Also, we're going to talk about filigree. Filigree work is usually made in gold and silver flourished during the rule of the Knights of Malta. This can include gold and silver ornamental flower garlands as well as embroidery. Figurely items are, were very popular in jewelry stores and are still very popular today in Malta, especially in the capital Valletta. And the jewelry can include brooches, pendants, earrings, flowers, fans butterflies and many other types of jewelry and shapes and sizes and are very pretty interesting to look at but can be pretty expensive to buy. One cool tradition I think is really cool is how Catholic they are. They are mainly claiming to be Roman Catholic and the churches are beautiful there too. If you visit their churches there's huge archways with beautiful traditional paintings with stained glass and they have like stairways going down into like these cool dungeon areas that you can visit and they're like 200 feet tall and they're all over a couple hundred years old and they're still being used today in services for the citizens of Malta. The one main church I visited years ago twice when I was in Malta with my family and my grandparents was the church of Church of St. Francis of Assisi that's on the main drag where you can get a beautiful view of the shore with all the boats and the the bay. And when I visited there, it was Sunday and it was packed with like over a hundred people and it was just beautiful the inside with the huge archways and paintings and stained glass. And if you ever visit Malta, you should go there. Because the tradition in there is beautiful. Now, according to everyculture.com, the reason why the traditions are so heavily focused on Roman Catholic and Malta is due to Malta's location. Due to the fact it's 80 miles under Italy, Sicily, which was the heart of the Roman Empire back when they ruled. But, if you do more research, the traditions are also very heavily influenced by the Greek culture, too. So, if it's the food, if it's the churches, the religion, the embroidery, 
everything, it's all influenced by it. Also, as I've been researching this interesting topic, there's a cool website called everyculture.com, which I'll be using today to inform you that if you want to go look at it after this podcast, you can get much more information. Alright folks, I have to say goodbye for now. This is part two, Malta and its Mysteries, by Joseph Bonello. Thank you.